Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you are doing amazing. I have so many things to share with you today. The first one being something that is so incredibly exciting, and you may have seen me share it over on Instagram a couple of days ago, and that is that... I'm writing a book and I'm so excited and it's going to be published December of this year, 2019. And I can't even believe that I'll be holding a published book in my hands in a couple of months, really. And it's amazing and I'm so excited. And I have been literally dreaming of this day for a very long time. And writing a book was never something that I like pushed and was like really adamant about making happen. I just kind of trusted that it would all happen in the right time and in the right sequence. And it did. And so I'm so excited. I've been keeping it a secret since October of last year and had to, you know, kind of wait for everything to settle up with my contract and whatnot before I can go ahead and share it. So, so excited. And of course, the book is on all things hormones. So it is going to be a amazing book that covers all things about insulin and thyroid and estrogen dominance and really providing you with a strategic detox supplement meal plan and with the right foods and nutrients that's going to support detoxification and liver health and support excess estrogen detoxification and support your cycles and your period and menopause and above all of that, weight loss. So it's going to be really, really great. And I'm so excited for it. The meal plan is going to be so epic. And the book will consist of probably just over 50 delicious original recipes. So I've been working very hard on creating all those recipes and they're so good. And many of which I've been kind of sharing over on Instagram and kind of giving you guys the behind the scenes of what I've been cooking up. And it's just going to be so amazing. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So that is announcement number one. And announcement number two is that if you are in the local GTA area and you want to come work with me in person, come join me for my four-week Clean, Lean, and Green program. So this is a live group coaching program over four weeks. We start Sunday, March 17th, and it will take place every Sunday for four consecutive weeks. And for more details, you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash clean, lean, green. And this is a program that I have run multiple times in person and at, you know, different yoga studios in the area. And it's always just been so incredible. I love connecting with everybody in person and it's just so much more personable and being able to, you know, have a small group coaching and a small group of women I can coach and we can guide, you know, each other through the four weeks and I can answer all your questions and we can just really have this safe place to address, you know, sleep and stress and gut health and detox, which are all all the topics that we're covering over the four weeks. And the beauty is that you will actually go home with a 
physical book, like my physical, we're printing off my clean, lean and green program and it's going to be printed and in color and it's going to be beautiful. And your meal plans are going to be in there with all of your recipes and your grocery shopping lists and detox info. And it's such a really great book and manual that you get to go home with and, and we'll kind of use during the four weeks. So I'm so excited for it. So head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash clean, lean, green. And there are two different options. If you would just want to join us for the four weeks, you absolutely can just pay for that. But I am running it out of the movement lab, which is right around the corner from my house right now in Mississauga. And they do, you know, osteopathy and massage therapy and athletic therapy, and they have an infrared sauna where you can go do an infrared detox sessions. So that's where I go to see my osteopath as well as my massage therapist, and they are wonderful. So on top of the four weeks, they're offering a discount off of their athletic or massage therapy appointments, and you can get a free infrared detox sauna session. So you can check out the prices and all of that over on the link and the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash clean, lean, green. And of course, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask me over on Instagram. And I would love to meet you and see you in person. And then if you're not local and you still want to come work with me, we've got our Healthy Hormones for Women six-week program. It's 60% off right now, and we're offering two incredible bonuses. So if you sign up before March 1st, you can get access to exclusive bonuses. So our number one bonus, our masterclass, this is our detox masterclass, which we'll be holding on March 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's only for the participants in the Healthy hormones program. And I'm going to dive into all things detox and chat about the hormonals, Charlie's Angels, your thyroid, your estrogen, your cortisol, really give you some strategic protocols for dealing and supporting these hormonal imbalances, and then really helping you to devise a plan for the program and how you can have the most success over the six weeks and really to strategize and implement the program to really suit your lifestyle and get the most success out of it. So that is bonus number one. And then bonus number two, we are going to gift you our seven-day high-fat, low-carb meal plan. And this is a amazing meal plan that you get on top of the meal plan that you already get inside the program. And it's a seven-day high-fat, low-carb program, and it's gonna be wonderful for weight loss, but it's also really great for supporting estrogen dominance and really helping with infertility. And the meal plan that you get inside the Healthy Hormones for Women program is pretty amazing. It is really an epic meal plan, over 65 amazing recipes. And the way that we structured the meal plan is so that you can have specific foods and specific recipes during different times and phases in your cycle. So if you're in your follicular phase or ovulatory or luteal, or if you're on your period, then we've got specific foods to eat during those times so we can really support your fluctuating hormones. So it's really awesome. You know, so much juicy science behind it, how I've laid it all out. And it's such a wonderful program. It's really the foundation when it comes to healing your PMS and your PCOS and getting your blood sugar in check and supporting your digestion and optimizing your liver and your detox. You know, this is really what it comes to when we talk about root causes as to why we're experiencing all these issues with our hormones and our cycles and having fatigue and thyroid issues. 
These are the things that we need to address and really make a priority. So we cover liver detox and gut health and adrenal health and blood sugar balance and thyroid and supplements. And it is just such a fully stacked program with so much so much information and support and all of your weekly recorded videos and your workbooks all in our membership program. So to find out more information about that, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash healthy hormones. So again, if you join before March 1st, you're going to get hooked up with our two bonuses. It's a $400 value and the program right now is 60% off. So head on over to the link, learn more information about that and come join me and take charge of your hormones. And I'm so happy to support you guys. All right. So today let's dive into our episode. I'm so excited. I'm interviewing my girlfriend, Lauren, and I met Lauren at the Pure Balance Clinic in Port Credit. And as some of you may know, I work at that clinic on Thursdays for a just a couple of hours. And it's, you know, a great way for me to get out of my house and get out of, you know, my typical routine and working behind my computer all day. And it's such a wonderful clinic. So many great practitioners work there and naturopaths. And I've just been able to connect with some amazing colleagues and learn so much. So I get to obviously coach with clients there in person, which is wonderful. And then I met Lauren and she's a nutritionist as well. And we've just, you know, kind of hit it off and became such wonderful friends. And she has such a powerful story. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys today. And Lauren was diagnosed with breast cancer in her mid 20s. And this diagnosis was the catalyst for change for the rest of her life. She turned her pain into purpose and became a holistic nutritionist. After graduating from the Institute of Holistic Nutrition with first class honors, Lauren set up her practice where she works with other breast cancer survivors and coaches them into breast cancer thrivers. Lauren uses each and every recommendation she gives her clients in her own breast cancer prevention protocol. She's living proof that the tools and strategies she gives you can have a tremendous impact on your overall health and quality of life. I'm really excited for Lauren to share her story with you today, and I know it's going to help and support so many women and truly inspire you. So let's dive into our interview with Lauren. Hi, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share my story with your audience. I'm so excited. It's such a story that needs to be shared, and I know it's going to be so powerful for so many women. So before we dive in, can you share with our audience more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So, oh, wow. Okay. Well, four years ago, my life was everything but holistic. It was the exact opposite of how I'm currently living today. I was working in accounting and at my core, I just knew I was not meant to be an accountant. And I was so uninterested in the work that I was doing. And I always knew I was meant for something else, meant for something bigger. And I didn't know what that was, but subconsciously, I was living with regret every single day. And what that was doing was that was really just causing a disconnect between me and my highest self. 
at the time, I also knew nothing about nutrition. And, you know, I was just eating according to the messaging that I had received through the media and what I was taught growing up. So I was eating low fat everything. I'm talking fat-free Greek yogurt for breakfast and skim milk and my coffee, just really eating in a way that was not at all supportive of my body or my health or my hormones. And, you know, I also had a lot of unresolved trauma, just some things that I thought I had worked through in the past, but I hadn't. And what happens when you store these traumas, they actually can change the physiology of your cells. So really, these three conditions were just creating an internal environment where my body was ripe and ready to have a breast cancer diagnosis. And one day I was in the shower, I felt a lump, long story short, it was cancerous. And I knew nothing about natural medicine. I had never even heard of a naturopathic doctor at this point. So I just did what my oncologist recommended that I do. And, you know, for the standard practice of care, that was surgery followed by chemotherapy, followed by radiation, followed by hormone therapy on a pill called tamoxifen for 10 years. So again, I had no idea that there was even another alternative to this. I just thought that this is what I had to do. So I went through surgery, I had chemotherapy, and by some miracle, I was listening to the radio at my mom's house one day and a naturopathic doctor was on the radio and she was talking about how there were some natural therapies for cancer. So I went online and I did a lot of research and I started working with a naturopathic doctor. And I was really thrown. This was shaking all of my belief systems. I had no idea that there was even another option. And these beliefs that conventional medicine, chemotherapy, radiation, that that was the way to go. That was such an ingrained belief in my system. So I still went through the radiation treatment, but from that moment forward, my goal was to really understand how natural medicine could help me and put a plan in place so that I would never have to stay on that medication that I was supposed to be on and also avoid mammograms and harmful screening processes down the road. So from that moment on, I dedicated my life to understanding everything there was to know about nutrition and how that could play a role in cancer prevention. And, you know, with the knowledge that I had, I put a plan in place for myself to take myself off of that medication after only being on it for a couple of months. And I managed my entire breast cancer prevention protocol completely naturally. This diagnosis absolutely changed me as a person. I love who I am today. And really what got me here was showing up for myself every day in the kitchen, making delicious foods and learning how those foods could help me versus harm me. It was so empowering and it's what propelled me to share this knowledge, this life-changing knowledge with the world. So I quit my career in accounting and I, as an adult, enrolled in nutrition school. And now I'm living my dream where I get to coach other breast cancer survivors who are where I was and coach them into breast cancer thrivers. I love that. Well, that's really powerful. So I want to put a little bit of a timeline to this. So when were you initially diagnosed? I was diagnosed a couple months before my 27th birthday. 
Wow. Like, yeah. So that was four years ago. I'll be 31 in a couple of weeks and I feel more alive than I ever have in my whole life. That's incredible. You know, I know for so many of the women that are listening, they're probably like, what? 26 years old? That's crazy. Like how could something like that happen at 26, even if you're eating a crappy diet? But it's not like these type of diagnosis pick a particular age or a particular body, you know, it can happen really at any time to anybody. That's exactly it. It was really eye-opening, you know, for obviously myself, but for everyone in my life, you know, my friends are all the same age as me. My parents have friends with kids the same age as me. So it was just a really, really eye-opening thing. And, you know, it really can happen to anybody, but really just managing your internal environment and really managing, you know, your mindset can play a really pivotal role in whether or not disease can manifest in your body. For sure. And so you mentioned how you were in the shower and you found a lump. What made you do that? I feel like most women in their mid-20s wouldn't do a breast self-examination on themselves. Yeah. So I I hope everyone listening to this podcast is inspired to really just get to know their bodies and do a breast self-exam right after listening to this episode. You know, I wasn't actually in the shower being like, oh, it's the first of the month time to check my breasts. What I was doing was I was just in the shower and I felt it. And I was just always really in tune with my body, even though I had this, you know, huge disconnect between me and my highest self. I've always just had this real deep connection to my body and knowing what's possible. So I think that for me, just intuitively, I could notice a change. So when I caught the cancer, it was still early. It was a small lump, but it was still palpable. And even though it was small, I could feel it. So now I am a big proponent of every woman getting to know her breasts. It's actually one of the first things I coach my clients on is going home, staring at yourself in the mirror, examine every inch of your beautiful breasts and get a second opinion, get your partner to know what's going on there too. It's good to have an extra set of eyes and just to really know what's going on so you can monitor changes because you know your body best and there's no one who's going to look out for you more than you. So really just knowing where your breasts are now and how they are when they're healthy and knowing what they feel like so you can really monitor some changes. That's really, really key. And so when you first felt that lump, did you have this instinct of like, oh my God, this is cancer? Did you have this feeling that this is the worst case scenario? No, actually not at all. It's shocking because I used to worry and stress over everything, but for some reason, this didn't phase me. I was like, this will probably go away on its own. So I left it for a week. And I'm like, if it's still here next week, I'll go to the doctor. Right. So a week later, I went to the doctor and then you know, my doctor confirmed that, yes, that is a lump. Let's send you for some testing. And then as soon as the testing process started, I knew instantly. I could feel it in every fiber of my being that this was a result of a lot of pain that I had not addressed and it was all coming to the surface and this is how it was showing up. Right. And so can you take us through that diagnosis and what that all looked like? Yeah. So I had the most common type of breast cancer, which is estrogen and progesterone receptor positive and HER2 negative. So what that usually looks like is 
symptoms of estrogen dominance. So when a breast cancer tumor presents with those properties, so estrogen positive, progesterone positive, it usually means that there is a hormonal imbalance leading towards estrogen dominance in the body. So a lot of women end up fearing their hormones and they start to blame their hormones for what's going on. And I just want to really say that your hormones are not the problem. This is not a case of spring break, ovaries gone wild, and hormones are just out of balance and that's what caused cancer. Hormones are something that we need to have a vital, vibrant, beautiful, healthy life. We need them. They're really just chemical messengers that do their job of sending us messages. So if we have a symptom of estrogen dominance, it's really just a sign to take a closer look at the message that this imbalance is showing us and look at other areas in our life that could be contributing to this imbalance. Because it's not the hormone imbalance that's causing the cancer, it's the misalignment in other areas of your life. So it could be looking at diet, exercise, sleep, mindset, your thoughts, things like that all play a factor in regulating and balancing our hormones. So when it comes to breast cancer, especially ones that are estrogen receptor positive, it is important to look at the estrogen picture because now that the diagnosis is present, you know, that is something that needs to be addressed as part of treatment and recovery. So, you know, we can look at things endogenously that could be causing an estrogen balance, but it's really also important to look at external factors. So ways that we are exposed to extra estrogen in our day-to-day life come from everyday things that we're exposed to like lotion, shampoos, body care products, makeup, eating conventional versus organic food. All of these things contain endocrine disrupting chemicals that can really shift our total estrogen picture and lead to symptoms of estrogen dominance. So I don't want anyone to fear their hormones or not eat certain things. Like I have people saying to me that they don't want to eat ground flax because, you know, that could be contributing to estrogen in their body, but they're looking at it backwards. It's the the estrogen dominance isn't the cause of the cancer. It's really the the shift in what's causing the hormonal imbalance in other ways. So it's really about looking at where this hormonal imbalance is coming from rather than blaming the hormones and blaming the food that could be causing the hormonal imbalance. Okay. I love that you said that because there's so many women that do fear flaxseed and certain foods. And of course, soy has gotten like such a bad rap. And of course, I'm not going to tell somebody that they should be eating soy every single day. Quality, I think here is really, really important. But can you expand maybe on like the beneficial qualities of phytoestrogens? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why phytoestrogens that are found primarily in foods like soy and ground flax seeds, the reason why they've gotten a bad rep over the years is because the chemical structure of those foods, it's very similar to estrogen in the body. So when women fear their hormones and how a hormonal imbalance of estrogen dominance can be a risk factor for cancer, they want to do everything they can to reduce their total estrogen load. So reducing their consumption of soy and ground flax seeds is one way that women think it's okay to reduce their estrogen load. The problem is, is that 
the phytoestrogens that are in these foods, they're actually a really protective form of estrogen. So a lot of people don't realize that estrogen is actually a parent term, and there's many different estrogen metabolites. So some of these metabolites are very protective, and some of them are more harmful. So it's really important to look at your hormones through testing so you can actually see where you're metabolizing your estrogen. Are you breaking it down into more protective forms or into more harmful forms? So with foods like soy and ground flax, those are actually foods that help your body break down estrogen into more of the protective forms. So it's something that you actually really, really want to consume, especially if you have a situation of estrogen dominance. So eating these phytoestrogens that have a weaker estrogen component to them, they can actually bind to those same receptors. So preventing the stronger estrogens that could be more harmful from binding and exercising and expressing the estrogen in your body. So it's really a very protective thing that women can do because it not only reduces the overall estrogen load, it helps your body break down estrogen into more protective forms. Okay. That's really great to know. And I'm just really, really curious. So outside of finding your lump, did you experience other symptoms? Were there other things going on with your health? So I have had very poor hormonal health for a long time. So I love my mother very much, but she did not raise me on quality food. So we ate fast food every single day growing up. If I had Subway for dinner, that was considered a healthy choice. So I had really poor hormonal function growing up. I got my period very late and then I was 15. And then when I did get it, it didn't come back for six or seven months and then I would have it again. So I went on birth control pill to help regulate my periods as all good doctors recommend to 16-year-old girls. So- I ended up staying on that right up until my breast cancer diagnosis. So I was on that for 10 years. So I think the biggest clue that I had that something was out of balance was that, you know, I did not have regular periods ever. Other than that, you know, I I was so disconnected from myself. I didn't really pay attention, but looking back, I would just, you know, now I want to, you know, shake myself as being like, why didn't I investigate this hormonal imbalance, you know, why weren't my periods regular? But other than that, I didn't really have any real symptoms of estrogen dominance. I felt fine. I exercised a lot. I did have very low adrenal function because I wasn't managing my stress and I was exercising excessively and in a way that wasn't supportive either. So I think those were other, you know, signs that something was out of alignment. Right. Okay. So I think it's a good thing that I asked that because I feel like so many women aren't tuning into these symptoms or aren't tuning in, like for example, like in a regular cycle, so many women think that that's just a normal thing, right? And they don't think to look into something like that. I agree wholeheartedly. And you know, if there's any advice that I can offer anyone listening now, it's to really pay attention to your cycle. It is, you know, a window into what's really going on with your hormonal health and, you know, really reconnecting to that and understanding how you feel on certain days and certain times. It's so, so, so important. Okay, great. So after your diagnosis, you mentioned how you heard this naturopath. So I'm assuming like this is when you all started to dive into, you know, holistic therapies and whatnot. And so what did that look like? 
So again, at the time, I was still really working on shifting my belief system that natural medicine was the way to go. So I worked with this naturopath and, you know, she really helped me get my energy up. So I actually rode my bike to a few of my radiation sessions, which was so awesome to do. So I saw a really tremendous improvement in my overall health and well-being just, you know, by being able to do that. I was also doing, um, you know, some things topically um, to prevent some burning to my breast during the treatments. So those were kind of the early stages. Since then, after really fully committing to the natural lifestyle, holistic living, I have since really dived into the work with my naturopath and also, you know, on myself nutritionally as well. So I do a lot of testing. I'm a big proponent of testing your hormones. I think it's very important, especially after a breast cancer diagnosis. Like I was saying earlier, we're exposed to a lot of exogenous estrogens from our environment, but it's really important to understand what's going on internally as well to look at how you're breaking estrogen down in your body. So there's a really great test. I'm sure you've talked about it on your podcast many times, but it's called the Dutch test. So what I do like about it is that it really shows you not just your total estrogen, but it also shows you how you're breaking it down. So you can see if you're breaking it down into more harmful forms versus protective forms. What is also amazing is that it shows you your stress hormone levels. So that's important because cancer is a physical stress on the body, but it's also a really important emotional stress as well. So supporting your stress hormones after this diagnosis is really, really important. In addition to that too, a lot of women, depending on when they're diagnosed, you know, they could be average age, like 45 to 50. Those women are approaching menopause soon. And you can have a much more peaceful transition into menopause if you start managing your adrenal health. So after breast cancer, I always encourage people to do some really detailed testing so that way you can, you know, manage your hormones, get them back on track, but also, you know, depending on age, really prepare for a more peaceful transition into menopause. The other thing too is that especially if a woman went through chemotherapy, these treatments are so toxic and they wreak havoc on our hormones. You know, these treatments, a lot of them do affect our ovarian health. So it can actually shut down your ovaries. And some women actually go into temporary menopause as a result of the chemotherapy regimen. Me personally, it took a little over a year for my menstrual cycle to return after my chemotherapy finished. So it's really important to understand and, you know, where your hormones are at after. And the best way to do that is through testing. That's a really good point. And yes, I love the Dutch test. We've talked about it many times and it's such a thorough test and recommend so many women to dive into that test for sure. And so you started to implement these holistic therapies and changing your diet. And let's dive into diet and what that really looks like. Because when you talk about diet or the anti-cancer diet, that can kind of be this umbrella term and mean multiple things. And so I'm really curious, you know, what your diet looks like. And more importantly, what were the dietary changes that you really started to implement early on? Sure. So... I'll start with where I'm at now and take you back to the journey of how I got here. So what I encourage my clients to do is to 
really make present moment food choices that honor their highest self. With cancer, there is usually always a spiritual undertone that there's a disconnect from the true highest version of yourself. So what I like to do as part of my coaching is reconnect my clients to the highest version of themselves. And one of the most amazing ways to do that is through food. So to me, the best anti-cancer diet for anybody is one that serves them the best. So it could be plant-based, it could be keto, it could be paleo. To me, it doesn't really matter because I want it to be the diet that is truly aligned with you at your core. The reason why there's a whole movement of people who think plant-based diet for cancer is the best, and there's a whole other movement of people who think the keto diet for cancer is the best and everything in between is because in all honesty, all of these diets work because we're all different people. We all have unique body constitutions and we're all different people at our core. So what works for somebody may not work for somebody else. And I think it's important to realize that. So that's why for me, I don't necessarily recommend one particular dietary choice for my clients because I like to get to know them and what's going to make them feel the best. So what I like to do is I ask a lot of questions, you know, what were you eating before cancer and how did that make you feel? What are you eating now and how does that make you feel? Because I have people who come to me and, you know, they've been eating a certain way for so long because someone told them that keto will help them lose weight. So they eat keto. Someone will, you know, maybe they were on a vegan diet before that because they wanted to have more fiber and they heard there's a lot of fiber on that diet. Everyone shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of women that I've been seeing, they really lost that connection to knowing how to eat in alignment with what's truly going to serve them. So I like to make that my priority when I work with clients for sure, because there really is no one right diet. But again, with me, so where I started is I went vegan right away after because I heard that going vegan was the best anti-breast cancer diet. So I was a strict vegan for three years. And I'll be honest, I felt great on it. But I think that's just because I was so unhealthy from the way I was eating before. So I realized, you know, I went to nutrition school and I'm in this class and The class was called Ayurvedic Medicine. So for anyone who doesn't know, basically bare bones intro to Ayurveda is like everybody is comprised of three body constitutions and you're a mixture of all three. So I'm predominantly the only constitution that actually requires some animal protein in order to thrive. So I read this, I learned this and I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's the answer. I think that's why I feel great, but I could feel even better. I could feel even more energized, even more alive. So I really sat with it for a bit and I was like, you know, the fear mindset kicks in. Oh, if I eat meat again, is this going to cause my breast cancer to come back? And then I realized that that's just your fear-based thoughts kicking in. That's not what should be guiding me. My highest self should be guiding me. So I really just got clear on that and realized that, you know, practice what I preach, eat in a way that is in alignment with the highest version of me. So now I'm actually no longer a vegan. So, and I have no fear whenever I eat meat. I thoroughly enjoy it. I feel so happy, alive, and grounded when I eat meat. And I don't at all fear a risk of recurrence because of my 
dietary choices because for me, I know I'm eating in a way that is truly in alignment with the highest version of me. That's really, really wonderful. And I think it's so important that you shared that because I know that there are a lot of women listening who have this fear around their diet or eating meat or vegan or whatnot, or even feel this sort of fear around judgment. Will they be judged going from you know vegan to paleo or whatnot? And so I think it's important that you share that because ultimately it does come down to you and how you feel and what feels right for you. So, so thanks for sharing that. So what are some commonalities among anti-cancer diets that you think most people, whether you're vegan or paleo or keto, whatever it is that we can all benefit from? Yeah, absolutely. So regardless, you know, vegetable content is key. So eating lots and lots of vegetables, so dark leafy greens and, you know, low carb, low starch vegetables are a great option. Cruciferous vegetables are super important. They help our body detoxify and they also help us metabolize more of that good protective estrogen. So broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kale, cabbage, things like that. So regardless of what type of dietary lifestyle someone wants to follow, vegetable consumption is, of course, always important. But it goes a little deeper than that too. So any good breast cancer prevention protocol is really going to address several things. It's going to boost the immune system. It's going to be super high in antioxidants. It's going to be very anti-inflammatory, but it's also really going to work on balancing blood sugar. So balancing blood sugar looks different for everybody because everybody starts at a different place. And But that's a really, really, really key component that regardless of how you're eating, those four things should be goals at the forefront of trying to maximize that as part of what you're doing with your diet. Okay. That's really wonderful. Yeah. And there's also fear around broccoli and brassicas and getting in, you know, it's going to impact your thyroid. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, there's just so much fear, I feel like around food. There's the food fear. And I always tell my clients, you know, with things like brassicas and your broccoli and your cauliflowers, they're so incredibly protective. And the only way they're really going to pose an issue per se is if you're eating like copious, copious amounts of it and you're eating it only raw all of the time. Exactly. Yeah. And food fear, you know, it's so sad. And I hate when I see clients come to me with that because food is so enjoyable. It's one of the best ways that we connect with people. You know, you think of, oh, I'm going out for dinner for my birthday. It's Christmas dinner. It's such a celebratory thing. And yet the day to day, we have fear and anxiety surrounding it. And, you know, especially when you compound that with a breast cancer diagnosis and the only thing you fear now is the fear of recurrence, you know, you want to do everything you can to make that not your your reality. And food fear really is, it's a thing and it does require some coaching to kind of, you know, navigate that mindset for sure. Absolutely. I'm really curious, where does alcohol play a role in this? Did you used to drink before? Do you still drink now? What does that look like? Yeah, so I absolutely used to drink before, for sure. I was drinking too much, absolutely. You know, I I went out on the weekends and I definitely had a glass of wine or two or three on many occasions during a week, for sure. Alcohol absolutely is something that should be addressed as part of an anti-breast cancer or really just anti-cancer protocol. So when it comes to breast cancer, there really is no safe amount of alcohol that can be consumed. So I am on the record as saying that. I will also now say that 
I still do drink alcohol on occasion because it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I'm trying to create a nutrition plan for a client, my goal is to make present moment choices that honor my highest good. So I apply that mantra to every aspect of my life, whether it's food, whether it's an experience that I'm going to go do, and you know that can include drinking alcohol. So there are times when I will be out with friends who I don't get to see often because we all live in different cities all over the world now. So sometimes when we get together, I really will check in with myself. Will alcohol make this more enjoyable? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. I don't need alcohol to have a good time by any means. It's just sometimes it's nice to really just share in that energy in a different way. So yeah, I have alcohol on occasion. It's not something that is part of my normal routine in any way. I really would say I only really drink when I see my friends again, because we only see each other maybe once or twice a year now. Outside of that, I don't think I have any, any alcohol really now that I think about it for sure. But again, there's no judgment or anything like that for people who still choose to indulge in that. It's just really about reconnecting to the true you. And through that work and through that reconnection, you know, you might realize that alcohol really isn't serving the highest version of me. I don't necessarily need this to be a part of my life. I don't need this to be present with the ones I love. And, you know, you can kind of work to reduce that for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for your honesty around that. Oh, of course. So you've mentioned limiting beliefs, spirituality, highest self. I feel like there has been some really deep work that you have had to go through. And I'm curious what that looks like. Yeah. So I don't know who to give this quote credit to, but it's always stuck with me when I heard it. It's, we share from scars, not open wounds. So for me, really recognizing that underneath my illness, there was an unhealed trauma that was pivotal to my recovery. I never really talked about what was going on with me before, you know, outside of my close friends, family, my employer at the time, because I had to go on a medical leave from work. No one knew what was going on with me. I never shared on social media. It's because I really knew that this was a result of some deep trauma that has come to light and has come to the surface. And it was an opportunity for me to really address that and grow as a person. It was some of the hardest but most rewarding work that I've ever done by far. And it's because of that that I'm actually here now. I'm able to speak about this so openly. I post on social media. I'm on this podcast. This is my career now. I share my experiences for a living. And it's because I've really addressed that core, that core trauma and moved forward from it. I'm at a point now where I'm truly grateful for everything that happened to me. The hardest part of my recovery was really forgiving myself for the toxic treatments I put my body through because knowing what I know now, I would never have done that then. But if I didn't go through that, I 100% would not be here. I would never have had the courage to look at myself without judgment and with soft eyes and a loving heart and really just learn to love and accept myself fully exactly as I am. And because, you know, I was able to do that, I was able to have the courage to, you know, leave my career and go back to school and, and do this for a living. 
it is a part of my practice to help my clients reconnect to that core wound and really kind of coach them through that. It's a lot of mindset work and really working through some limiting beliefs. And it's absolutely an integral part of my practice because I really think it's so important. I mean, eating the right food, you know, it's challenging at first, depending on where the person was at with their diet and nutrition prior to diagnosis. But once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy. You know, eating the right food, taking the supplements is the easy part. It's really doing this deep, deep inner work to heal these traumas. Is It's really hard, but it's really, really rewarding. Absolutely. And it really ends up becoming the most important part to address, even though it's the hardest thing to address. I agree completely for sure. And on that note with breast cancer, there's almost always a core belief that the patient hasn't taken care of her soul needs. So, you know, it, it usually presents with a trauma of, you know, not taking care of yourself and not nourishing yourself in a way that's supportive of her highest good. So, you know, it's not necessarily about the food, it's more about the soul food. So doing things for other people, doing things for other people instead of yourself, and really just doing things out of alignment with who you really are, doing things that you, I'm putting air quotes here, should do versus things that you want to do. And by failing to attend to those soul needs and doing things that bring you joy, you know, that can cause a lot of disharmony. And, you know, that usually is an underlying belief that I see with a lot of my clients for sure. For sure. And so on that note, I am sure that you've probably got some non-negotiables when it comes to your well-being and your health and your self-care. I'm curious what that looks like. Oh yeah, absolutely. I post about self-care on social media all the time because I am so passionate about it. Self-care, first off, it's not selfish. It is so selfless. It is the most selfless act that you can do. By taking care of yourself, you are saying yes to yourself. You are saying to the universe that you matter and you choose you. That is such a powerful message that can be sent in. It's so easy once you say yes to yourself. And when you choose you, you end up creating more space in your life to serve others and to, you know, be present with the ones that you love. But it starts with choosing you first. And with my non-negotiables, oh wow. So first, you know, yoga, I think yoga has single-handedly changed my life. I developed a reconnection to myself, my body, my mind, my breath. I absolutely love yoga. It's something that I do most days just because it brings me so much joy. Really just rest for sure. I still struggle with some adrenal issues. I'm monitoring those pretty closely through regular testing, but I really realized that all these goals that I have for myself and my business my best asset is myself and I need to take care of myself first. So really, you know, putting some things on the back burner to give myself that extra time to rest and recover and putting all of my energy toward the things that really do matter to me the most has been a huge transformative shift for me by far. So I think for me, yoga and rest are my two biggest non-negotiables. And learning to say no. It's okay to ask for help as well if you need it. That was a big thing for me. And realizing that people want to help you and being okay with accepting that help has also really, really, really transformed my life for sure. That's awesome. I love that. Yes, it really is 
so important to have these boundaries with our self-care and our and our health. And I love that. And you know, I used to love yoga and it used to be my like it was like my thing, my escape. It was a non-negotiable for me back in the day. And Every time I hear people talk about yoga, I'm like, okay, I have to get back into it. And I loved it so much that I ended up becoming a yoga instructor. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And then (laughs) I, I don't know, I kind of hit this point where the studio that I was going to, they closed down and I kind of felt like I lost my yoga community and I have to kind of get back into it. So you kind of inspired me. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that I like to encourage everybody just to be flexible, you know, just because you find one thing, it doesn't have to only be your thing. Like with me, I was a vegan for a long time. Now I'm not. And there's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no guilt. It's just about being flexible in all areas of your life and being fluid. So I love yoga now. I've loved it for the last few years, but I'm at a point now where I kind of want to try something new and maybe work some of that into my my regular routine and maybe not do yoga so much or or step back for a bit. I just think it's important to really just check in with yourself often and again, just what's going to serve you and your highest good. Make that present moment choice to serve your highest self. So, you know, if you've had these thoughts about getting back into yoga and here I am talking about it, you know, maybe that's something that should be nurtured. Maybe you should take a yoga class with me. I think you're right. <laughs> I think I should. Good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before I let you go, I want to chat briefly about mammograms and thermography and if you can expand on these and your thoughts around them. Yeah. So I was supposed to have a mammogram annually for you know the rest of my life and I have chosen to avoid mammograms for sure. The reason why I chose to avoid mammograms is because you are exposed to ionizing radiation, which is the radiation that is cancer causing. So no one is denying that this radiation is cancer causing and no one is denying that a mammogram gives you this radiation. The argument for them is that the dose is very low and that it won't be enough to cause cancer. The problem with that is since I got cancer so young, I would be having mammograms for an extra 10 years prior to when the normal age would be to start having mammogram screenings. Radiation is cumulative. So having that extra 10 years of radiation and then starting them at the time that I'm supposed to for, let's say, another 20 years, that is an insane amount of radiation exposure for a woman to have. And you're not just radiating the breasts that had the cancer, you're exposing that radiation to both breasts. So at this point, you know, I was very comfortable with natural medicine and I fully understand and love the plan that I have in place to manage my own recurrence. So I do not need to have this type of harmful screening in order for me to feel safe and supported in my own body. And I do not live in fear at all of a recurrence. And I do no harmful screening whatsoever. Thermography, by the same token, is another really awesome form of screening. So what it does is it kind of takes like an infrared image of your breasts and it shows up like a colorful screen. So the premise behind it is that cancer cells divide more rapidly, so they generate more heat in the body. So when you're looking at what the thermogram looks like, you see this colored graph kind of of your breast, for example. And if you see more red, that could mean more 
rapidly dividing cells. So it's not a definitive test of cancer. What it is, it just shows you if there are any areas in your breast that have something going on. So if there is a lot of you know red flags or a lot of high moving energy on this scan, it's a good place for you to now maybe go do another test. Let's say an ultrasound or something like that to actually have a diagnosis. But what's really amazing is that because it's looking at the energy created by these cells, it can detect an imbalance in a breast tissue way sooner than a mammogram can. So I forget the exact you know stat of how much faster it can detect something than a mammogram can, but because it can just detect on a cellular level before anything could even be palpable. It can really just show you if something is kind of going awry before it would ever be picked up on a more traditional form of screening. So again, it's not a diagnostic test. What it can be is a great way for you to monitor your progress and any changes in your breast tissue. And then if by chance you have a thermogram that lights up a little bit more than it did in a previous year, you can monitor that and then, you know, go for some additional testing. Okay. That's really awesome. I think it's important to address that because there is confusion around mammograms and thermography and is thermography even actually legitimate and does it actually help in terms of prevention? So I think it's important that we address that. Yeah, I think it's a great preventative tool for sure. And then, you know, going back to mammograms for a second, it's the government, the people who make these laws and kind of set the standards for when we should go for these screenings, they actually switched it from being 40 years old to 50 years old a few years ago. It's because it's shown that that extra incremental radiation for those 10 years is more harmful than if you just started doing the scans at 50. So, you know, that's for people who have no real risk of breast cancer. They're just kind of going for routine scans. They still wanted me to do mammograms because I was, you know, high risk because I already had a cancer. But there really are so many more supportive ways that you can use to manage your breast health without having to expose yourself to that level of radiation. Right. Okay. Well, good to know. Thanks so much for sharing that, Lauren. This was so amazing. Such a powerful story you have. And I know you're going to inspire and help so many women. And I'm so excited for you. And as you begin this journey to really dive into, you know, starting your practice and working with more women, and it's going to be really incredible. I'm, I'm excited for you. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me here. It means so much to me. My pleasure. So where can our audience find you? Where are you hanging out? So if you live in the greater Toronto area, you can come see me at a clinic in Mississauga called Pure Balance Wellness. You can also connect with me via my social media. It's nutritious.delicious.life on Instagram. And also on Facebook, my website, nutritiousdeliciouslife.com. You can get in touch with me through there. If you don't live in the area, I'm happy to do online consults um, with people really from anywhere in the world. And we can set that up anytime. So please feel free to connect with me on social media and get in touch with me through my website. Awesome. We'll be sure to link that all up in the show notes so people can access you and come ask you more questions on Instagram. I love all your Instagram posts. I'm always seeing what you're up to and they're really informative. So I highly recommend everybody go check them out. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks again for having me here. No problem. Thanks so much, Lauren. Take care. Yeah. Bye. 
Okay, ladies, how amazing was Lauren's story? It is so wild to think at 26 years old, we can be diagnosed with breast cancer. And Lauren has really come such a long way. And she is such a wealth of knowledge. And it's really, I feel like through our mess that we find our message. And that's exactly what has happened with Lauren. And I'm really honored to share her story. And I hope it will go on to inspire more people to open up and share their story and also seek help and also seek maybe alternative holistic treatments that maybe you didn't know were available before and maybe can connect with Lauren and she might be able to help you in that way. So head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 50. Yes, 50. Oh my God. I can't believe we are 50 episodes in and you can grab all of today's show notes and you can find all the links to find Lauren and connect with her. She's over on Instagram at nutritious delicious life. And she also has a really great anti-cancer breakfast recipe ebook that you can download for free too. And we've shared the link for that over on the show notes as well. So thanks everybody so much for tuning in today. And I really hope that you will share our podcast and this episode with many of the women and friends and you know all the people in your life that you know it can greatly impact. And speaking of impact, it makes a huge impact on us and what we do by knowing that you are sharing us and writing us reviews and leaving us, you know, ratings over on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and whichever platform you're listening to us on. It really does help us so much. And it really means that we can connect and support and help more women. So thanks everybody for tuning in and supporting our podcast. Yay for 50 episodes. I really appreciate being here with you every week and sharing new knowledge and information and supporting you on your journeys. Thanks everyone for tuning in and I'll chat with you next week.